This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. In my number of years here at News Talk 770, I have endeavored to have more of a conversation around mental illnesses. I always feel that if we talk about it and we understand it more, we almost we bring it out of the shadows. We normalize it because mental illness covers a broad range of whether it be symptoms, disorders, diseases, but sadly the term mental is pretty well right away people stereotype that. And so when I read this story on Facebook, I thought, is there any way I can talk with David Morales? David, how are you today? Angela, I'm good. Yourself? I'm good. Wait a second. Did you just get out of the dentist? Yes, I did. (laughs) And your mouth isn't frozen? You're okay to talk with me? Yeah, I'm fine. Perfect teeth. (laughs) Good, good. Your mother will be proud. David, the reason I I wanted to bring you on is because um, one of my Facebook friends shared your story, and I thought, you know, let's talk to David Morales. First of all, David, you are living with schizophrenia, correct? Correct. I have been living with schizophrenia for about 11 years now. Now you have to take me back to 11 years and how you were originally diagnosed with it. Uh. Well, it kind of came out of nowhere. It kind of hit me like a bus. I was in my uh, fourth year of university. I was going to Trent University in Peterborough, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was doing really well. I enjoyed my courses. I was out on my own out there. I had lots of friends. And things seemed to be going all right. But then um, in my last year, uh, I started to withdraw a little bit. And I kind of lost touch with reality. So I started to get sick, and I didn't know what was happening or couldn't communicate it. Mm -hmm. So some of my symptoms were I was quite delusional, and I had a lot of trouble really controlling my emotions. Yeah. And, you know, it it just came out of nowhere and hit me like a bus, and it took a while to get help just because I, I didn't understand myself what was happening. Your parent, you're from Calgary. You live in Calgary, correct? Uh, correct. Yeah. So your family's in Calgary, and you're at Trent University in Peterborough. Are they in contact with you? Are are they suspicious that something's happening? Well, I spoke to my aunt later about it, and she kind of thought something was wrong, but didn't know because mm-hmm. I just kind of stopped talking to them. And they thought I was just going through a phase or something right. like that. Yeah. But they didn't know why I was isolating myself. I was cutting myself off from. All my friends, I was dropping out of all my courses. Uh, I now, you mentioned, eating. David, you mentioned your aunt. Did, did you, do you have your parents or your mom and dad still around? Well, <clears throat> my dad's still around. He's from Peru, and uh, he lives here in Calgary. But right. my mom died when I was eight. Okay. Yeah, so, but, uh, so I've just been really close with my mom's side of the family ever since that. Hmm. Yeah. So when did, when did you decide you needed help, or did someone decide that for you? I think it came down to my gut and it was probably if I could predict around six or seven months of deterioration Yeah. and I was supposed to write a final exam and I couldn't make it to that exam. Mm-hmm. And I think something in my gut just told me I needed help. So I hopped in a taxi and went straight to the hospital and um, upon arrival, I was in pretty rough shape and they said, they urged me to admit myself because they were afraid I wouldn't make it. 
Because you hadn't been eating, you hadn't been taking care of yourself? I mean, yes, did it get to that correct. point where it was life or death? It, it, it did come to that, and sometimes that's just the symptoms of schizophrenia. It's hard to really determine what's real or what's not, and uh, you become quite depressed, and you lose your appetite, and you kind of just really withdraw. Like, I, I started to cut myself off from everything. So so you did, it, admit it, your, did, you did admit yourself to hospital? Was that in Peterborough, or did you come back to Calgary for help? Uh, well, kind of both. I admitted myself in Peterborough. And then uh, they contacted my family, and my uncle flew out from California to pick me up and brought me back to Calgary, where I began treatment here. Was it? Tell me about the treatment. Was it extensive? Were you a day patient, an outpatient? I was inpatient for actually many months. Mm. I was in the hospital for two months, and then I was moved down to a treatment facility in Claire's home, Alberta, for about five months. So I was in rough shape. Um, at at that point, though, two months here, then did you say five months down in Claire's home? At some right. point, were you starting to feel better, if that's the right term? Uh, it took actually a little while. Uh, like, you know, I, I moved out of the crisis of, like, like, my health was returning, in a sense, physically. But mentally, I had a long way to go. And it took a few years to get back on my feet again after that whole ordeal. Like I was, um, just because I was released doesn't necessarily, I was, uh, as well, I still had symptoms and stuff like that. Right. So. And and it's not as if you're ever cured of schizophrenia, are you? Sorry. Are you, are you ever cured of schizophrenia or is this um, a lifetime of making sure you're seeking treatment and taking proper medication? Well, there is no cure right yeah. now, and um, I'm living in recovery. So basically today, I haven't had symptoms since 2010, mm-hmm. and I'm able to participate in a full life again. I'm almost done a journalism pro- diploma at the state, and I'm working, and my health is okay, but it it takes constant work. Like, I, I've... I have to, I will be on meds probably for the rest of my life. I can't drink or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. but with, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I actually kind no. of really enjoy sobriety. Yeah. But it, it will never go away. There's no cure yet uh, at this moment. David, um, David, when you said you're on your meds, and I, I often, I've heard that sometimes that's the battle with people living with schizophrenia because they seek treatment, they're on their meds, they're feeling better, and they think they don't need medication anymore. Have you, and, have you heard that as well? Yes, and actually that's standard practice of what happens for people to get sick again and return to hospital is that they do start to feel well. And then they say they don't need them anymore, and then they end up back at square one. And the problem is, every time you go back into the hospital, it's a bit of a setback, and it takes longer than the first time. Mm. So you have to be careful about that. And you know what? I've been taking meds now for 11 years, and it's a small part of my life. You know, it's it's not inconvenient at all. And it's allowed you to continue on with a life. Correct. Talking with David Morales, he is a student at SAID, as he said. He's almost finished his journalism course, and he is also living with 
schizophrenia diagnosed about 11 years ago. David, I'm curious then. So when you get the diagnosis, are you quick to tell friends about this? How did you even deal with sharing this amongst your friends? It it took time. I think the first time I kind of really heard, it took a, a little while for me to actually come to terms with. Mm-hmm. But I've been really lucky that I've always had good people around me and uh, people very empathetic and uh, gave me support in my early years when I needed it. So I, yeah. I actually didn't face much stigma from my friends at all or family. You've had a chance to share your story with, well, I think you even shared it with fellow students at SATE. How how was that? Because they see you as David, a colleague. Uh, did some of them not even realize what you were living with? I, I think the majority of them didn't. Uh, I never really brought it up, except with close friends. Mm-hmm. So we put together a panel discussion back at the beginning of March for all the journalism students up at SAIT. And I spoke. Uh, we brought someone in over telecom from London, Ontario. And we, even my doctor actually came to speak as well. And uh, the majority of my classmates had no idea. And I do a lot of public speaking. I work with the Schizophrenia Society of Alberta, and I go around to high schools and universities and hospitals to talk about mental illness and reduce stigma. And I can do those presentations no problem. I've been doing them for around three and a half years now. Mm-hmm. But the one at state was the first time it was in front of my peers and I'm not going to lie, I was a bit nervous just because I didn't know how people would react, but uh, they all reacted very well. In fact, people were lining up to hug me by the end of my presentation. And you know what? Your ability to share your story, it allows them to understand it. Because sometimes when we hear of any type of mental illness, we may have been tainted by a book we read, a movie we saw. So we have this stereotype as opposed to, wait, this guy's in my class at SATE, you know? So I, I think that's so important to be able to share your story. Now, the actual panel, and maybe this goes to my next question, wasn't it dealing with uh, journalism and how mental illness is covered in the media? Am I correct? Correct. That's exactly what it was. Uh, the media currently right now does not depict mental illness that well. In fact, it's probably one of the most stigmatic um, kind of vessels for stigma right now. Mm-hmm. It, it's getting a bit better, but mostly every time you hear a very violent crime or something along that nature, it's people are quick to brush the incident with mental illness, which, you know just not true. Well, you know what? And a lot of times, I think the media, and we're guilty of it, we may only be talking about it when there is a tragedy. And then it is later learned that the person was dealing with mental illness or it might come out that he did have schizophrenia. And and I think that's a tragedy, that that's the only time we hear the term. So people right away connect it to an awful crime as opposed to why I wanted to have you on just to say David Morales is living with schizophrenia. Uh, you probably know a lot of other people, David, who have been living with it and maybe no one even knows. Yeah, you know, I, I think the more you talk about it, the better. I, I know in my early ages, I kind of kept it to myself, but as I grew older, it's a part of me. Like, I went through all that, and I shouldn't be silent, and I don't think anyone should. I think 
the more voice and education you give to mental illness, the better people can empathize and realize that it's a condition and we shouldn't stereotype people just because they have a condition. And a lot of people live with lots of conditions, whether oh, it be yeah. diabetes or, you know, I'll just heart disease. But none of us say, oh, my gosh, that person has heart disease. I'm not going to talk to them. David, I need some advice, though, because people sure. listening are saying, all right, what if I suspect a loved one? You know, you listed off a few of the symptoms that you were going through, withdrawing, you weren't eating well, you were cutting yourself off. So how is someone in your circle or who has a similar story, how are they supposed to approach that person or to even have the conversation that maybe you need to get some help? Well, I, I'd sit down with the person and talk to them directly and explain the benefits of treatment. Now, there's a number of resources that are around in Calgary that weren't 10 years ago or 11 when I was going through all this. And one of that is how how profound the uh, Canadian Mental Health Association and the Schizophrenia Society are playing within the community because they offer lots of support groups mm-hmm. and advice. Now, sitting down with someone who's going through the symptoms of schizophrenia might not know that they have it. They might be in early psychosis. Yeah. It'd be good to me, you know, the Foothills is a great resource. You know, talk to a doctor and start working out a plan and get involved in the community. Go to these agencies and go to the family support program at the Schizophrenia Society and and talk about it and start addressing the issue. But I don't think you can force someone to come to terms with it. They have to come on their own. So you have to be empathetic and explain the importance of seeking treatment and why it's necessary. And maybe that person is just going through a period of depression. So there's even that difficult thing. But, uh, you know, David, you at least said that you sensed it was in your gut that you should go to a hospital. I don't know if most people who are living with untreated schizophrenia would be as forward thinking in saying that I've got to get some help. Would that be uh, a broad assumption that most people aren't as proactive as you were i think so i think um i'm lucky in the sense that i always knew deep down that i would need help like that i needed help and i i I, I, that like that voice screamed out of me Mm -hmm. and a lot of people they don't they don't really realize it and i'm lucky um you know i i'm in the top one percent with this disease because i'm fully functional uh i'm maintaining a very healthy balanced life and i know for a lot of people with schizophrenia that that's just not it that they still have symptoms and they might not know that they need help because they're kind of just so distuned with reality david here's a great text my cousin is now diagnosed and treated appropriately but is socially withdrawn i have trouble with how to interact with him how do i do that do you have any advice yeah i like I said earlier, I, I would go to places like the Schizophrenia Society and sit down in a group or, you know, there's groups that like people can sit in by themselves and then they can bring family members later, hmm. but start getting involved in the community and using the resources that are around 
to start treating it, I think. And maybe even that cousin, once the cousin who has been diagnosed and is treated with schizophrenia sees that yeah. the cousin is reaching out in such a way, getting involved in the community, maybe that will also kind of make it more comfortable for a, an interaction for sure. Uh, and one more, I just wanted to share this. I grew up with a single mom who was bipolar. I have a large extended family. She was the only one with this mental disorder. I never realized how bad of shape I was in until just after she died. I was diagnosed with epilepsy, depression, anxiety disorder. My psychiatrist suspects mom's mental illnesses was the result of her getting struck by lightning when she was a teen. People still stereotype people with mental disorders and always will. And David, you know what? I know you don't have bipolar, but I still think that text is at the root of it all, is that we've got to talk about it so that we break down some of these stereotypes. I sure appreciate you sharing uh, your story with us and your time. Well, thanks for having me. Hey, um, you bet. Hope the conversation continues. You bet, David. Thanks so much for this. No problem. Take Calgary Today with Angela Cocott. Weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.